0: 52 yards should be just a nice comfortable nine iron for him. They're gonna go nuts when he hits this thing. Hey, yo welcome. welcome in friends to your weekly golf gambling club meeting my name is joe idoni your host at tour picks on twitter give me a follow uh this is the preferred lines podcast live streaming right now on twitter and youtube um you can also check the audio version on itunes and spotify right after we wrap up here uh, we're gonna talk bmw championship i got a special guest to to help me out and and figure out this brand new course that we have uh this week while you're here Give it a like, subscribe, always appreciate that kind of stuff. But here's what's on tap for happy hour tonight quick course preview. We're going to talk to PGA tout, uh, key stats to look at this week, which I really want to get his opinion on. Then we're going to go through the odds board, top favorites, mid range, long shots. We'll talk them all. I'll give you my best bet of the week. Please, if you're here now, feel free to drop a question into the chat for either John or myself. We'll be happy to answer, and that will also enter you into a drawing for a Preferred Lines t-shirt. Looking forward to that. Final thoughts segment at the end before we wrap it up. Sponsor fantasy points in your top right left corner depends on how you want to orient it. Uh Fantasy Points Media Group, proud to be a member. Then lines twenty-two is the promo code that will get you 10% off a monthly sub. Huntman did his course preview. Bunch of good content creators. Dom, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, is over there. Uh support them. They support me. You know the spiel. Here's what we got this week at the BMW brand new course, Wilmington Country Club out in Delaware. Uh, not sure there's been many PGA tour events there. Seventy five hundred thirty four yard par seventy one. There are three par fives on the course. Your normal four par threes and the rest will all be par fours. The par fives this week ranging five eighty two to six forty nine on the card. Um, Be interested to see kind of how those play. Robert Trent Jones golf course. Original design. The greens are bent grass. Um, I don't really want to waste any more time giving you my thoughts on the course without bringing in the expert himself. Welcome back to Preferred Lines, John Hauselbauer at PGA Tow. What's up, my man? Joe, my friend, thank you for having me. Excited for
1: BMW. I have some big shoes to fill because nobody can miss when they come on the show, from what I hear. And I can't seem to hit. So I feel like this is a match made in heaven. This is... A long time coming. I'm feeling very due in the last uh sort of full field event. It's not really a full field. It's it's the last
0: it, event of the year. It's Nobody last real cares event about of next of week. Yeah. Um, Super Bowl week, like you mentioned. You said you are going to be there Sunday this week. What is your like? We've never seen the course. Wilmington Country Club, first time they're having a PGA tour event. Do you have like an overview thought of of what this place is going to reward how it's going to play like what's your your first and and most important opinion on the place
1: yeah it's a lot of um inferences i guess we would say you can't be too confident about how it's going to play but there's a lot of stories that you can kind of tell with the scorecard and what the the stat sheets are telling you so uh 7500 plus yards deceptive or uh, like yardage as you said a lot of that is tied up into the par fives i think you look at what happens at corralis i think that's a good example of why totally artist doesn't really tell the whole story you look at people who've won at corralis which has two 600 plus yard par fives and some behemoth par threes and it's like bryce garnett and graham mcdowell and and joel damon and chad ramey so like i'm not saying that these plotters are like better off here but when the bombers aren't reaching the par fives in two. There's a little bit less of a disadvantage to not having uh, driving distance. With that said, it, whenever we have narrow fairways and thick rough into big greens, that tells me that guys are just going to swing freely. Like if, if the <laughs> narrow, if the fairways are narrow, there's not really any sense in trying to aim for the middle of them. You're probably going to miss them anyway. So you might as well hit it as far as you can. That was the strategy at winged foot those greens were massive and it, you, you saw it pay off for all the bombers. So I'm still leaning towards bombers. I think there's a a good advantage there. Yes. There's six holes, 400 to 450 yards, a lot of holes like under 450, So it's not going to play the full, like almost 7,600 yards, but I still want to find guys who play longer courses better.
0: Yeah. And one thing I noticed, John, about um, even the par fours, like a lot of them, the yardage is kind of eaten up by those par fives. So six of the holes that are par four. So one third of the entire golf course, uh, 437, 413, 391, 430, 393, and 419. These are driver like maybe gap wedge holes for a lot of these guys, you couple in the two 640 or so yard par fives, and you're also going to have some more shots there right around 100, 125 yards. Is that a proximity that you're kind of honing in on this week? Or what range do you think the majority of shots come from? I'm, I'm sure it depends on the players, but in general yeah that's a that's a big question mark. Usually, that's something I
1: rely on like a data golf for fantasy national and just look at what the distribution was the year before. Yeah. Um, it's tough because here we don't really know if guys are gonna pull driver on every hole if they want to sit back. That's kind of to each their own, I, I guess. So uh, I tend to actually stay away from the proximity stats because your proximity way for Cam Young is not the same as your proximity way for Ches Reve. And you're trying to model an entire field, so I struggle with that a little bit. So I that's for that reason I kind of lean towards the the whole specific ranges and see over a, a wider sample size who plays these shorter par fours better, who plays these longer par fives better. That's just my opinion. Everybody kind of approaches it differently, but I think more than um, you know, looking at it at a, at a very micro level of hole breaks down in proximity. I'm, I'm leaning more on comp courses, courses that I know are narrow fairways, thick, rough, big greens, firm and fast bent grass. Like that's something that we see a little bit more often and something that I'm, I feel a little more comfortable modeling off of. Well,
0: let me ask you about those greens. 8,100 square feet on average is massive. It's about double what we saw. Um, basically sort of the last time we were in the Northeast and we were up there in Boston for the U S open, like, Holy shit, that seems huge. Like how do you how do you analyze that and like figure out who's good at like 90 foot putts potentially? Like is it more so factoring I guess what I'm asking you, are you putting more of an emphasis on putting or is it more so less of an emphasis on like chipping, pitching, sand saves because those greens are so easy to hit?
1: Yeah, I at the way I would treat a giant green course I would say probably going to be a higher green regulation that that seems to be a given which would mean less less um up and downs needed less scrambling emphasis less short game um that's the you know like I want to draw a comp to Tory Pines but that's the such a significant difference between here and a place like Tory Tory Pines where like your 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 ball striking is probably you want similar ball strikers who have success at both but short game so different because Torrey Pines has such short, small greens and it's such an emphasis to be good around the greens, something like that. You know, I haven't really been thinking Victor Hovland, but you would think a course like this would play in his favor. If it's not on the green, it might even trickle into a bunker, which he seems to hold out from every bunker he finds himself into somehow. So I would play it that way. And also, like, I think it's not really a a detriment to miss these fairways, because if you're hitting out of the rough into big greens, you can still hold them. So we'll see how it plays out. But that's kind of how I'm approaching it.
0: Yeah. What do you think of like, are they going to tear this place up? Because I'm looking at like, you know, a lot of those short par fours, they should be able to rip through pretty easily. I'm looking at like Western Golf Association events that have been played there is just trying to glean something. And they've been one at like minus 22 to minus 27 under par. So they're tearing it up there. Like you imagine the PGA tour setup is more difficult and they've tried to really juice this thing up, but a lot of places tried caves Valley thought that they juiced that place up last year. Like, are we going to see, are we in for another 20 to 25 under par week? Yeah, that's a good question. I
1: think caves Valley, unfortunately got like record rainfall and it was just point and shoot. Like if you could carry the bunkers, if you, if you could drive a ball 300 yard carry distance, you were going to tear that course apart. And we saw it with Bryson and, and Rory and, and Burns and everybody who was a long hair is up there and, and can't lay like gain like 11 strokes putting. So he was kind of there as an anomaly, but it really was advantage bombers there. Um, I think, you know, they probably overcompensate a little bit. Uh, they had an extremely difficult event at um, at Olympia Fields, moving to Caves Valley and then becomes extremely easy a lot of complaints from the players. I know like Shane Lowry was extremely upset about the setup there. He played so well. He played, he shot like 18 under and he just didn't hit enough putts. Um, so players don't want that either. I look at this layout and you're scoring, you're going to have one par five. That's, that's like a gimme birdie opportunity. You're going to have two par fives. You're going to struggle on a bunch of difficult par threes and some moderate par fours. So I think, Without super soft conditions, I would expect the winning score to be like 16 under. Is probably what I'm guessing. I don't think it's a pure birdie fest. The BMW Championship does have a reputation for getting to 20 under. I think part of that is just really good fields, really good players, talented, deep fields going at it on a course that's not necessarily designed to like torture you like a U.S. Open setup would be. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would say 16 under is my guess, and I'm 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 picking a player pool around guys I think it can get there.
0: What's the defense? Is it hazard? Is it water? Is it bunkers? Is it rough? Like, where does this course fight back? Yeah, I think I think the
1: greens are going to be tricky here. They they seem to be firm and fast and rolling, sloping, some elevation change. One other thing, you know, you think about a giant green and you say you can't miss it. Like everybody's going to hit these greens regulation easy course. A giant green actually gives you a lot of flexibility with where you can put the pins and you can set up some really tricky pin locations you can tuck them and that's actually a luxury with a giant green that you don't have with smaller greens that's something that at southern hills they actually made the greens a little bit larger so that they could they could be more creative with pin locations so i i i would like to believe that if they see this get out of hand on day one they get a little bit more crafty with the pin locations um but yeah i I think you're gonna have to putt well here obviously that's kind of a given any given week, but Um, the rough is going to be thick. And if you can avoid three putts, I think you're, you're setting yourself up pretty well.
0: All right. You ready to see the odds board? Hit me. All right. I'm pulling it up now. (laughs) All right. Odds board betting the board brought to you by fantasy golf pod, Chad, Eric, Jish, all my boys over there doing their thing on either Wednesday or Thursday nights um, right before the tournament. Check them out. Chad does a bunch of good stuff, has ownership projections, talking like guessing the sort of pricing, which I always love to see the narratives. Uh, Give those guys a follow over there. Without further ado, let's bring in the odds board. Your favorite this week, as it has been almost every week, is Rory McIlroy. John Rahm back in second, 14 to one over at DraftKings. Patrick Cantley, Justin Thomas are in there uh in the 16 to 14 to one range. Matt Fitzpatrick is 18 to 1. Scotty Scheffler is eight, 16 to 1. Tony Finau, 16. These numbers are dropping. John, there's a ton of guys under 20 to 1. Do you like any of them? Uh at a glance, no. I think everybody was
1: disappointed when they saw the the, the odds this morning. Obviously, community win on Zalatoris. I was not a part of it, but I'm happy for my friends um the books took a beating i'm i'm sure and you usually see that here the other thing you have to keep in mind this is half the size of a regulation field so you should see half the number that you're used to seeing i think if you double Mm. it then that becomes sort of a fair number in a a full field and if it's if it's more than that then you're actually seeing some value so that's kind of how i i look at these shorter fields like we would see in like a wgc
0: yeah, absolutely. I tend to agree there. You know, the we've we've gotten we've trimmed a lot of the fat though. So the big names are still here, which we've seen um sort of winning tournaments. When I first looked at it, I thought I was gonna have some interest in John Rom. The number's too low. I was hoping for another 18 to 20. For me, I was drawn to JT. I was drawn to Patrick Cantley. Haven't pulled the trigger on either one of them yet. I'm still kind of in between the two, but I did bet a guy that I don't normally bet. And it's kind of part of this like just not ignoring the stats because I feel like they've really like, if you've just been looking at who's striking it and who's playing well, it's kind of been obvious. I'm not going to go Willie Z back to back, but I am going to go three out of four for big man, Tony now. 16 to one best bet of the week for me. Uh, first right now in strokes game T to green, absolutely crushing it at the last 36. His approach numbers have been fantastic. Second, he's hitting his irons really as well as he maybe ever has Uh scrambling like If we're going to talk about a place where you can potentially bomb and gouge and just hit it into the rough and try and get yourself up and up and down in many instances when there's not like behind a tree is for birdie in these uh, in these type of courses, scrambling second in the field. His putting is vastly improved and like bent grass is really the place that you want to play female. That's not going to be like an anomaly you know, that, that he all of a sudden has a good week because he normally uh, has done that pretty well. So he's putting it well. He's hitting his irons great. He's scrambling his tee to green. Everything's sort of lining up. The recent form there, even a fifth last week at a course that I think didn't quite make as much sense for him as a place like this does. I'm going to go back with no course history and just kind of ride the guy who I think over the last month has has played the best golf. Yeah, that that's a good bet.
1: And you know where else has... Really oversized, firm and fast sloping greens is Augusta, where he actually tends to putt well. Mm-hmm. One of the only times of the year before he became this transcendent world beater. So, I gave Tony a long look. I didn't end up getting there myself, but it's crazy what he's done to turn around his putter, especially when when you had that clip of him at the open where he had that like ridiculous apparatus on the practice screen. Oh god. That's the last time I bet Tony. And ever since I got off the wagon, he's never looked back. So <laughs> whatever that process was, it seems to be paying dividends for him.
0: Yeah. So Fina was second in the uh, stat model that I ran. Rory was first still, although I'm just not feeling Rory this week. And I know the course makes a lot of sense. The number is not horrible to ask given what he was at majors, but I just feel like a little bit of steam got let out of the engine there when, when after the open championship Um, next week, maybe I I don't know, but it just doesn't feel right when you give it how, you know, well Tony is playing. So Tony is second. I wish there was a, a way for like, when you look at the stat models and they have the rankings like one, two, three, four, five on fantasy national. If you could see like the gap, because I feel like the gap between Tony at two and JT at three is pretty large. Like when I'm looking across the boards of the things that I weighted, um, Finao's fantastic in almost all of them. And in Thomas has got a bunch that are like 28th, 17th, 12th. Like he's not, he's not quite as good. I just feel like Tony has really with the recent form. Uh, seemed to separate himself what do you think about willie z like such a moment for him proud of him like he did win on a penalty stroke against sep straka in a playoff so like but i'm not gonna we won't remember that we'll remember him finally breaking through we'll remember the form and the run that he's been on for the last two years in big time events um any interest going back there or no will in wilmington i
1: feel like that that narrative kind of writes itself um yeah i mean he it's it suits him again i i think the only thing you could say against alatoris now is like was that too emotional of a win was he chasing that for so long that he's is not grinding the next couple days I, I from what i understand with will Zalatoris, he is an absolute grinder and he is out there practicing every day and trying to get better every single day Get waking up like first guy on the course type of dude. So I wonder if getting that win just throws him off slightly a little bit. And, you know, these are the sort of narratives that get me off of hitting the yeah. right, <laughs> the right player. Know. But um, obviously he's playing really well. I think 16 is an extremely fair number where, where you can still kind of get him around. He's in this 16 range where it's like, are you going to take Zalatoris, Tony, Scheffler, Fitzpatrick, Thomas, Cantley, like they're all 16 to one. And it's like, how do you decide? Um, I don't think you can go wrong with anyone, any of them. But I do think it sets up when you're putting a betting card together that you want to have like at least two
0: of these guys at the top of the board. You mentioned the like emotion in that victory for Zalatoris. And I love that kind of stuff. I'm going to talk a little bit about it in the final thoughts. But um, there was a saying, and I don't remember exactly how it goes, but it's, it's along the lines of like, you only want what you have and in that basically what it means is like in order to like want that victory so much you have to know that you have what it takes like i i want to win a pga tour event but i could never do it so it's not really like he what i mean by that is he wanted that so bad. And he had told us in interviews after the Masters, after the US Open, after Southern Hills, like he looked at them right in the eyes in the camera and said, I have what it takes to win. I know it's going to happen for me. I know that I keep putting myself in these positions. I'm going to break through. And to put that out there in such a vulnerable spot, and then do it like in the FedEx Cup playoffs. I have to feel like like you could really see um, he's sort of internalized a lot of this over the last year in how much it meant to him and that sort of release and being able to come through. I don't necessarily know that that's going to affect anything that happens this week, but tough to bet him at half the number this week, fourteen to one when you had twenty eight last week in a bigger field. Yeah, well, you know, for some it's a dream
1: and for some it's an expectation, and it's all it's exactly. All it. It's all a mentality thing. And I, I think a lot of people knew that Zalatoris is wired differently from the get-go. That's why he has this big bandwagon behind him of guys who who keep on going back to him and betting him. Uh it did seem kind of inevitable that he was gonna get across the finish line. I don't think anybody's surprised that it, it came in that moment. But um and it was also all the uh the old caddy's fault. So it's not even his yeah. fault. That he's under he found the right guy now. So he's we've he's seen probably a lot of that this end. year.
0: Like guys switching up caddies and like like Scotty, um, just just having success almost immediately after with just a different voice. I don't know. Did you see the video when zalatoris went back and tried to hit the shot off the rocks and it went into the water? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so great. Like <laughs> he spent about, about 10 um, minutes. I can't believe too he thought about it for that, that. long. But uh, great, just caddy earned every dollar right there. Absolutely. Uh, moving down the board, let's talk mid range. We've seen back to back winners in this sort of twenty to thirty range with Zalatoris and and Tom Kim. Xander's at twenty to one. Morikawa off a of good week's twenty two. Sammy Burns twenty five. Sung J M twenty seven. Cameron Young twenty eight. Victor Hovland twenty eight. Give me a name in here that you like. So
1: uh, Xander Schauffele is the is the guy that I have bet already. Um, it's interesting. We've gotten a an inverse reaction from the books with Xander. When Xander was not winning, he was always in the teens at an unbettable number. Hmm. Now he's put two wins together very recently in pretty dominant fashion. And now he's the guy that drifts into the second tier in the 20s. I got him at 22 to 1. I feel great about it. All the stat models I was running in, he's really good on these courses where the thick rough is in play and it rewards good total driving. And if you hit it into the rough, he's got the distance to knock it out of there. Just a really good all-around game. Didn't have his best stuff last week. I don't understand why, but you look long-term if you can dismiss one tough week. He sets up extremely well for this. He rated out like number one in both uh, long par three scoring and long par five scoring. I think that's interesting. I don't know what the sample size behind it was, but the fact that he is kind of elite in both of those categories makes me think that he he sort of lines up well for this course. And he's a prolific winner now. So that stigma is gone. Um, a lot of them now. I mean, it's it's a no-cut event. So even if the stigma was not gone, like this Great is point. his bread and butter. So I just
0: think it's a lot of signs pointing to Xander this week. What, um your stat model this week, what's your most, like, what's your highest weighted stat that you've got in there?
1: So I did a cop out of, uh, strokes gained T to green because gotcha. I was just like, I don't know, I don't feel confident in any given stat. So I'm like, give me a, a lot of recent form. Give me a lot of comp courses within the last couple of years was high up there. I put approach high. Um, and then I put good drives gained on conditions that have narrow fairways and thick rough. Cause that's sort of this combo stat where you can't really model in fantasy national of approach from the rough, but what you can do is, is get essentially greens and regulation on courses where it's going to be difficult to hit the fairway. And if you don't, you're going to be out of the rough. Um, So that was another category that Xander rated out very well in. Um, Yeah. Uh, Justin Thomas was number one in that model. He was, he was up there last week. I was suckered into betting him. And of course the putter just continues to not cooperate when we need it most, but uh, you know, he'll be interesting this week, but I'm rolling with Xander. I feel less squeamish than I usually do on a Xander. bet.
0: what about your boy? I saw you put him in the article. Um, uh, obviously, one of the best free course preview articles there is. If you aren't following PGA Tout, I don't know how you stumbled upon this podcast, but go check that out. Cameron Young, like you mentioned, good drives gained. Probably the like pound for pound the last six months, the best driver of the ball on tour. Long, straight, accurate. Just an absolute weapon off the tee that he has wasn't great last week, but I think he obviously has the ability to bounce back here. Twenty-eight to one is that like is that a good is that a price we need to get used to for Cam Young?
1: That is starting to feel a little short. I don't know if you remember this time last year, but Bryson DeChambeau opened at thirty-five to one on DraftKings, and everyone with a Twitter account with golf somewhat related to the word bet yep. it, and it went down immediately. And it, it seems to have become the BMW championship that DraftKings just anoints a bomber at 35 to one, completely mispriced before the week even begins. And that kicks off BMW Championship week and everybody bets it. Everybody is on Cameron Young this week. I don't know if you got him a 35 or 30, 28 skip a little tighter. And it depends how many books you have at your disposal. Fortunately, in New Jersey, I've got everything that we're looking at here, which is which is fantastic. But um, yeah, I mean what more does Cameron Young have to do to, to to prove himself? He's got seven top three finishes this year as a rookie. It's insane. He's done it in majors. He's done it in difficult scoring conditions. He's done it on short courses where you don't even need driver. Uh, he's done it on wide open, easy birdie fast course. So it, it's not even a matter of a course fit. And I like a guy who's been that versatile on a course that I don't exactly know how it's going to play out, but it doesn't really matter if he's proven whether it's Harbor Town or Southern Hills that he can be in the mix.
0: Yeah. Love the drive. Like, uh, I just think back to like how he performed at St. Andrews. And I know it's totally different, but uh, where everyone was sort of had this adopted this um, style of I'm just going to take driver everywhere at St. Andrews, which I don't think a lot of us, we thought it might happen, but not to the degree I think that we ended up with. He did it better than anyone. Like even going back to Sunday, Rory, Hovland, Cam Smith, like these guys are all sort of in that fescue and it was fine. You could play from it, but then they like cut to Cam Young and he's like 30 yards from the green in the middle of this tiny little fairway that he's able to hit. Um, I think about the massive putting surfaces and like some of the tremendous lag putts that he hit there as well. Um, Just really lines up. I haven't done it yet. I'm between him and Victor. The problem that I have is Cam Young is 25 and Victor's 33. I I feel like it's kind of stupid to like semantics over the over the five to eight points, but I do think Hovland played very well last week. I think the the lack of around the green game being a huge factor where he can spray it a little bit off the tee, use his irons where the approach play was was actually really good at the open. When I looked at Rick's site, uh, the approach play was was really good last week. The approach play actually wasn't what hurt him at the the Scottish either. Um, So his irons have really sort of turned around. He was that guy I was saying like around December last year was the best driver of the ball. So I think that he can get it back. I have a lot of interest in one of those two, but I'm leaning Victor right now just because of the points.
1: Yeah, he also didn't have his clubs at the Scottish, so you can just throw it away.
0: (laughs) Chalk it up. Ju Young Kim, 33 to one. Joaquin Neiman, like quiet right now, 40 to one. Jordan Spieth, a very quiet 40 to one. Shane Lowry was was last week. He's been playing, though. We saw him at the Wyndham. We saw him last week. Hideki. What do we do with Hideki? He's 50 to one now. That feels like a horrible misprice, but the form has just been awful. But he's the name that jumps off the page to me. Connors, 55, Homa, 55, uh, Hatton, 55. This is sort of the meat and potatoes mid range. You got anything you like, bud? Um, I would say Lowry is the guy I like the most in this range. I think Firestone
1: is a is a very good comp to this as a as another Robert Trent Jones course with, with the thick bent grass rough. Um he, I he opened at 50 and I really thought about it. I think he's 40 to 45 everywhere now. I didn't pull the trigger on him. I think I'll definitely be there on like a top 20, maybe a top 10. uh he's been losing with the putter like for months, and he finally put something positive together last week so i think that's encouraging um and something about the subjective the big guys hitting out a thick rough like i want (laughs) shane lowry hitting out of this rough i don't want Zalatoris hitting out of this rough i want big shane lowry hacking away
0: do you think that kentucky blue or whatever they're using is going to be grown up going to be thick this week i think
1: they're going to try to make it thick i think especially after with cave's caves valley they're going to want to make this as difficult as they can and from what i'm hearing it, it's going to be a factor i think similar murmurs from what we were hearing about saint george's and at the rbc canadian where they really just try to make that as lush as possible i think that's going to be what we're dealing with this week
0: question i want to get to from the chat here and you're probably i don't know this for sure but i'm not like huge into playing a bunch of lineups in DraftKings. Any difference for you in like max exposure for one guy in terms of like how what percentage of one player with the smaller field only 70 top 70 guys in the field this week about half the normal size field does that change how you do your your ownership when you build lineups Yeah I'm not a huge um like mass men- mass entry
1: guy either I, I do dabble yep. with like the 20 max but that's probably about as far as I go from a DFS perspective I I like the single entries which is a lot less leverage based um but I would say the risk of striking out on a player is, is much less when you have a no cut event. So if you're the worst player in the field, you're not making that many less points than the 30th best player in the field, because you're still getting, um, you're still getting four rounds. So I think it's still a good idea to do stars and scrubs. I think you still want to go heavy on, on your guys and not like spread across a very like wide player pool. So I think you want to pick up a, a tight player pool, There's guys at a flat 6K that I think are very viable this week. So I I see myself going like very
0: extreme stars and scrubs with my lineups. Love that. Um, Hatton at 55, getting back to the odds board. Haven't bet anyone in this range. I've got someone a little bit further down, Um, but that would be the most interesting one just because I felt really strongly about him last week. He was a typical Hatton nightmare roller coaster last week where he was like four under through his first four holes. Gave it back. He was making runs. And then he was like finishing 18 with a double bogey almost every day. Um, I, I just when I go to someone like that at like 55, 60 to one, I understand the volatility. I almost feel like I've got to stick with it for a couple of weeks to, to just kind of ride it out and hope that you get that upside. Though I don't feel like it's a great course fit for him. Um, kind of moving down the odds board a little bit. John Adam Scott played pretty well last week. 60 to one. Billy Ho 66. Russell Henley, 70 to 1. Brian Harmon played pretty well, 75 to 1. Cam Davis, 75. Davis Riley, 80. Keith Mitchell, 80 to 1. Is there any viability in terms of betting this, this event this far down the odds board, do you feel like? Uh,
1: you know, for me personally, I'm picking like three guys under 35 to 1 and, and calling it a day. Definitely going to be a tight card for me um you look at the winners of the bnw championship and i think besides keegan bradley it's it's been all like 30 to one or less guys very few surprises you know it's the playoffs with all the best players left here so i look at this range and nothing really grabs my eye but i am still looking at this range from like a a dfs perspective i think adam scott makes a lot of sense here He, he plays very well in some of those longer uh heavy rough like premium on total driving types of courses. So wouldn't surprise me to see him in the mix this week. Um, I'm curious to see what his ownership becomes.
0: Yeah. So you know me, I always take a couple of throw a couple of flyers in down here. I don't have each way, so I'm just betting them to win. Um, but I took Cameron Davis 75 to one this top seven in the field in terms of driving distance really Underrated, like short wedge player as well. When I looked at like 100 to 125, he's top 10 in there. Uh, really good in opportunities. The only surface in which he tends to gain strokes throughout his career, putting is bent grass. If we're going to play bomb and gouge, I just feel like there's a scenario in which he gets it right. We are looking at him at like 20, 25 to one in a couple of events through the Midwest there where he got really popular. Um, also, Midwest courses that I think she may share some similarities. Is he going to slay a field like this? Probably not. But like, look, like if if Sep Straka hits a 175 yard shot onto the green last week, he wins that tournament, and like that would have been a wow moment of a guy coming in with no form. So it's doable. Um, it's not that far out of the stretch, and I think that his style of play. Um, could be rewarded here if things go right.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm Cam Davis fan for life. You and me both after, after rocket mortgage last year. Okay. So I I'm always rooting for him. He is a monster on bent grass putting. I, he always he pops whenever you're running that. I don't know why that is. I don't know what his ties are to bent. Um, but whenever you put him on here, he seems to explode. And like you said, long course
0: that, that does play right into his strengths. Okay, my final bomb of the week, my first tweet of the day, the absolute first click. We're going to do triple digits on Sahith. It looks like he's just a little bit lower there now, but at 100 to 1, I'm riding it till the wheels fall off. I freaking love this kid. He's like got all the emotion and energy and passion that you saw out of Zala Torres. Like Sahith has that, where I talked earlier about like you only want what you can have, Like he wants it extremely bad. He's good enough to do it. He's aggressive enough to not back down in contention and like go for it. Like what he did at the travelers, it was such a stupid move, but in a weird way, I have so much like respect for just going for that. And I really do feel like that's going to like his style of play, even going back to Phoenix where he was extremely risky, taking driver on 17, like that's going to be payoff at some point. And when it goes right, he's going to win one or two events in a year. I'm going to take the hundred to one and just keep riding it. He's always has like this really low day where he'll fire a 63 and then three like level par days. If you can put like two really good days together, he's in contention all of a sudden on Sunday. If it turns into a birdie fest, I like him even more that's my case for like a Sahith 101 ticket. And it's always going to be my case. As long as he's that number. See, it's the man.
1: I, yeah, I love dude. this guy. Like you got to root for it. Like, even if I don't have money and then he's like in the mix, like he was at the travelers. I'm like, I want him to pull this out. Um, uh, just so much fun to watch as a fellow club thrower and the club dropper on the course. Like I love to see myself out there on the course. So in a lot of ways, the and I are basically the same golfer. So I'm rooting for him. We'll see you know, I have concerns about the the longevity of my man, Mito next year on the PGA tour. So if I, if I become a free agent and I need to hitch my, myself to a new bandwagon, I think it's gotta be Seath.
0: I I just gotta, like these guys who like play golf so passionately, like I had, that's why I like first got really into Brooks and not like you could outwardly see it, but like the competitive, like, alpha like this means so much to me and like i'm i'm it just brings me back to other sports like football like stuff where you see it so outwardly um i love it out of sahith chris has got a question here before we get out of this range don't you dare be smirch keegan i'm not going to but i'm not gonna bet him what about you uh
1: one of the things i was looking at was weighted putting on Mm. just recent last 36 rounds bent grass firm and fast greens And, and three putt avoidance altogether. And Keegan was like top three and I had to like rerun it and then like check a different sample and then look back manually and see like, what am I doing here? He's like become a good putter. Like, it's crazy to say it seems insane. Saw what he did at the Wells Fargo where he was actually in it because of the putter. And it's clear that he's been working on it with the aim point, something it's not a liability anymore, and it just so happens that once he got the putter to click, some of the ball striking numbers start to go away. So, you hope that he can marry it together. I, I'm really looking at him this week, definitely in uh, in DraftKings and maybe even a, a placement bet.
0: It's capper, like, how did I not know it? Of course, it's capper. <laughs> uh, Christopher, the Christopher really, really threw me off there, Chrissy. Um, cool dude. Well. Where else? Like you doing anything else this week? Obviously the article is published now. Are you on any other podcast this week? Are you doing any other content that people can check yourself out on? Uh, I'll be doing a quick little preview
1: video. I'm starting to do that a little bit more often um, for the bigger events. So I'll, I'll probably put something up on YouTube tomorrow or tweet it out. Um, value article tomorrow and then final bets out on Wednesday and then Look out for me if you're at the BMW Championship yes. on Sunday. I'll be there. I'll probably wear this hat. Catch me wrapped in Flex Seal. I won't be, won't be following Munoz on a Thursday, but I think he'll still. He's in the field, so I'll probably watch it's a couple. Strong leader, of but Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: you have to. That's it for me. Thanks, dude. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on. As always, um, like having you on in a week where nobody's on knows. Shit about the golf course was (laughs) ideal. So thank you for agreeing to it. Uh, Always a pleasure. Appreciate you, my man. Absolutely. Good luck this week, my friend. All right. See you later. PGA Tout, the absolute man. Appreciate him coming on. Um, Let's talk prize picks. PL100. That's the promo code. Hundred dollar deposit match. Uh, they've got. It's fun to do like these cross sport ones. The strokes ones. Like you can bet the birdie or better matchups. How many strokes over under for a particular player? It's fun. Um, really clean, easy to use app. PL100 will get you a hundred dollars off that first deposit. Uh, use that code. That helps me out. Appreciate Prize Picks. Let me bring them up here. Just put them in the top corner so they give my boys a little love here on the uh. There we go. On the graphic side of things. OK, let's talk final thoughts. What are they going to say now? That was so awesome. I'm so glad that that he did that, that I, I was excited by that. Um, I wasn't a part of the community who bet him 28 to one like an idiot. I did jump in on Sunday, but I was like I was like that guy. That shows up to the party like late, and he's just on it. He's on a different vibe, he's on a different wavelength than the rest of people, like either too drunk or not drunk enough, but just didn't quite fit in. Um, still, what a moment! Absolutely loved it. The, this magical blend of competition, history, um, meaning of. That, like what we saw, is something that you can't put a price on and can't be bought. Uh, Jeff Feinberg, my buddy, summed it up, I thought, perfectly on the Pat Mayo Show. Congrats to Pat, by the way, um, for winning his own Lister's League. What an epic moment for him. They both had the winner. Um, It was a moment that we saw something that we rarely see out of golfers in that chip on your shoulder aggressiveness, that concoction of testosterone and emotion like live can't get that kind of T um uh, they're they're low T tour like that was the incredible moment where it just all you could see it come off of the shoulder and and it's what makes the PGA tour special it's it's a story um about struggle. It's, it's about overcoming obstacles and hurdles in life that ultimately make the perseverance so much more rewarding. Um, what are they going to say now? Like I'm still in shock and awe. Like it was, it was much more than beating Sepstraka. It was a personal battle within. Like if you notice when it occurred, if you think back to it, wasn't like it was a putt for him to basically get into a playoff. It wasn't a winning putt. Yeah, Sep Straka was likely going to make part. He was going to end up in a playoff anyways. Um, it showcased how internal that was for him, where it wasn't about beating Straka. It wasn't necessarily even in a weird way, like about finally winning. It was just about proving it to himself. So many opportunities. Um, from the U.S. Open, from Torrey Pines, had slid by on the edge, and, and this one went in, and that's why we saw uh, the moment for Willie Z. I became, like, a, a an even bigger fan when I saw that. He, without a doubt, heard rumblings, best player never to win. Can he ever get over the hump? Can he putt? Uh, it's something that I think I mentioned earlier, he's internalized for so long and not really, like, probably not spoken about it. I know he hasn't really spoken about it outwardly to reporters, the pressure. He probably hasn't spoken about it to his close friends and family and fiance, but silently it always sat there. Um, Someone can have a hundred positive things to say about you and you will grasp at that one negative thing. That's the way we're wired. It's an important lesson um, to not let the negativity around you bring you down, diminish your accomplishments. Perpetuate failure and discontent, like keep going, use it as fuel, use it as motivation, use whatever you have going on in your life right now that isn't ideal as motivation to get to the next step. I think that's what he did. Anytime we can get that sort of injection Uh, directly of competitiveness, a fire of emotion Uh, in professional golf. Like we saw yesterday, it brings me closer to the game and it forms a connection with the audience, which I think he did. It shows like a vulnerability, which I hope is partly like. Me doing these off-topic final thoughts segments, oftentimes, like I'm very insecure about it. I feel it like puts me in a weird spot of vulnerability to talk about this stuff to you guys, to who's ever listening. But I think for the people that stick around, it, it strengthens my connection with you, with with the audience, to know me, the good, the bad, what I struggle with, how much it means to me, um, and it makes this potentially more than just another talking head. Uh, talking about golf, but it motivates me to get better. I'm happy that he broke through. Seeing how much it meant to him, I felt good for him. He used that negativity as fuel to do something better. You could see it on his face. You could see it in that hug. What are they going to say now? Let's fucking go. Love y'all. Peace. Have a great day. I'm going to pick a winner for the PLT out of the comments in the chat. I will reach out via DM. Uh, appreciate the hell out of all of you guys for checking out the show this week tour championship. I'll have thoughts on it next week. They may not be positive thoughts, but I will try. Talk to you later. Peace.